nature is cyclical, sustained through distinct, repeating periods of time, days, months, seasons. The rhythms and temples of our earth, moon, sun, constellations, and worlds, act upon the physical and internal nature of the human being in definitive ways. Such forces have been judiciously studied throughout numerous astrological and astronomical traditions, which all point with exactitude to particular cosmic influences. Regardless of our knowledge, beliefs, or acceptance of the facts, such conditions profoundly act upon our body, energies, and mind, often moving humanity to act in unconscious, mechanical, or revolutionary ways. Just as there are planetary seasons, there are also celestial periods of time. Humanity, while knowledgeable of and dependent upon the conditions of spring, summer, autumn, and fall, is also dependent, but ignorant, of greater cosmic phenomena, which determine not only our physical existence, but the trajectory, level, and quality of our spirituality. Our solar system travels across the zodiacal belt, receiving the stellar influences of particular constellations, just as the hand of a clock points with precision to the time of day. Likewise, our zodiac determines cosmological aeons, or periods of time, within zodiacal history. Our solar system experiences 12 distinct eras, or periods, which respectively take prominence every 2,000 years. Presently, our humanity has moved away from the era of Pisces and is now governed by the constellatory influence of Aquarius. On February 4th, 5th, 1962, humanity witnessed a new moon, a full solar eclipse, and the remarkable alignment of the seven primary planets of our solar system with the Earth. The Moon, Mercury, Venus, the Sun, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. All seven planets were within three degrees of each other, indicating with prophetic exactitude the initiation of a new cosmic era with all of its cataclysms, revolutions, and transformations, the age of Aquarius. Uranus is the chief planet associated with Aquarius and bears a direct relationship to sexual behavior. The Chaldean Ur-Anas signifies fire, or the Hebrew Aor, light, and Anas, water. These fires of spirituality are born from the Genesiatic waters, a symbol of sexual energy within all ancient cosmogonies and scriptures. Light, understanding, and practical spirituality are born when aspirants learn to work with the source of their creative genius, the transformation of the base sexual matter into a purified, synthetic energy, a sacrament of Uranus, Oranos, the Greek word for heaven. This is the metallurgical science of alchemy, the symbolic transformation of inferior metals, dense matter, and egotism into the purified gold of the spirit, conscious development. This is how spiritual aspirants can truly generate a new life, a revolution of conscious expression. 
Sexual energy is not only the power of physical life, but spirituality as well. There is sexuality amongst molecules that make chemical compounds between atoms, neutrons, and electrons, between planets and the sun, within the animal kingdom, and lastly, amongst humans and divine beings. Sexuality is also the basis of authentic religion, from the Latin religare, to reunite. It is literally the union on a psychophysical, bio-spiritual, and sexual chemical level of two bodies and souls, one who loves more, the other who loves better. In the sexual act, man and woman have the capacity to create, and with this power, become a living representation of divinity. Sexual behavior has the greatest impact for psychological well-being. It is also the source of many intense psychological traumas and diseases, which are deviations from divine principles. Satyrian or nymphomaniacal desires, which only see sexuality as the means for carnal pleasure, impel one to act at the expense of one's conscience or ethical nature, originating the degradation of the soul. However, sexual expression can be divine when it is pure. Yet the term purity should not be associated with conservative adherence to religious organizations, institutionalization, fanaticism, and dogmas, which are remnants of the antiquated Piscean traditions. Such views are divorced from the practical import, revolutionary character, and liberating science of love. Purity in Aquarian language refers to the transformations of energy and the qualities of the consciousness, which become free of egotistical conditions like anger, pride, fear, resentment, lust, and jealousy. Purity has nothing to do with belief in a tradition or fulfilling moral obligations, but to the quality of one's mind, which becomes radically illuminated when empowered through sexual force. This creative, Aquarian influence is an energy that pushes entire populations to act, but depending upon the level of spirituality of the individual and the masses, such forces are either channeled through the awakened consciousness or through the desires of the animal mind. Humanity is ignorant of how to utilize this Aquarian energy in a practical and spiritual way, as demonstrated by the schisms, revolutions, and upheavals in modern culture, politics, and sexual relations from the 1960s onward. Aquarius is a revolutionary sign. It is the cosmic force of inspired rebellion against decrepit institutions, repressive idealism, and profound ignorance that produces suffering. As evidence for this, humanity has witnessed in the 1960s a tremendous upheaval in the world of politics, religion, institutions, education, and most of all, sexuality. This is a direct result of the Aquarian influence. The hippie movement of the 1960s, with its identification with Epicurean and nihilistic ideals, led to the disassociation, disenfranchisement, 
and ethical deterioration of its adherents. This is represented by the Nordic rune Yir, a symbol of the inverted human being, with arms and head to the earth and feet in the air. While commonly interpreted as a symbol for peace, the rune Yir demonstrates a polarization, inversion, or downward flux of consciousness and energy, a symbol of the involution of spirituality into density, matter, and inferior states of perception. Rather than symbolize peace and prosperity, it actually indicates mental, emotional, and spiritual degeneration. The fallen man, with his head to the ground, demonstrates modern humanity's fascination with money, materialism, and avarice, which is the source of violence, suffering, and war. The rune man represents the conscious ascent the redirection and sublimation of creative sexual impulses from one's genitalia to the brain. This is the synthesis of Aquarian wisdom and the significance of medieval alchemy, the transformation of the light of desire and personality into the gold of spirituality. The Aquarian era is constituted by two principal influences, the awakening of revolutionary spiritual longings within the sexual alchemical sphere, and their antithesis, the exacerbation of desire, egoism, sensuality, and suffering born from indulgence in pleasure. Such a polarity was discussed by Samon Vior in the Three Mountains as the Dionysian Pole. Positive Dionysian Pole Sexual enjoyment by means of sublimation, voluntary transmutation of the entity of semen, Awaken consciousness, objective knowledge, superlative intuition, transcendental music of the great classical masters, etc. Negative Dionysian Pole Sexual degeneration, infrasexuality of many types, homosexuality, lesbianism, demonic pleasures within the infernal worlds by means of drugs, mushrooms, alcohol, etc. Infernal music such as the music of these modern days etc. The result of sexual expression is dual. Specific behaviors can produce the most genuine fulfillment or the most profound pain. This duality is referenced in the Greek myth of Bacchus, the Roman Dionysus. Dionysus is the god of wine, the source of the Christian Eucharist, or mysteries of transubstantiation the transmutation of the fermented grape into the flesh and blood of divinity. He professed liberation through ecstasies and rituals of love, which bear a dual significance. In the ancient mystery schools, sexuality was symbolized by the transformation of water, sexual matter, into wine, spiritual substance, through a matrimony. Allegorized in the parables of Jesus at the wedding of Cana, from the book of John, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, and before the woman at the well, also the book of John, chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. This produced the intoxication and the liberation of the soul from suffering. Its opposite is represented by bacchanalia, indulgence in inferior pleasures, drugs, psychedelia, from psyche, soul, and delia, drugs, delusions or perceptions within the internal hell realms of nature. 
bestial sexuality and orgies, the drunkenness, stupor, and deterioration of our intelligence through intoxicating substances, animal desire, violence, sadism, etc. Inferior sexuality is degenerated since it does not result in psychogenesis, the creation of the soul mentioned by Jesus. Through his instruction to Nicodemus about the second birth, Christ prophesied the promulgation of the alchemical teachings in the future Aquarian age. Except a man be born of water, the sexual energy, aquas, and of the spirit, sexual fire, Aries, synthesized as the wisdom of Aquarius, he cannot enter the kingdom of God, Uranus, Uranus, the heavens. That which is born of the flesh is flesh through common sexuality, and that which is born of the spirit through the transformed sexual act is spirit. From the book of John, chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. People ignore their spiritual potential because the majority are addicted to inferior forms of sexuality, the fulfillment of lower desires through orgasm. Rather than constituting a sexual revolution, humanity, under the influence of Aquarian Dionysian vibrations, is intensifying latent and repressed sexual desires. This is going with the flow of animal nature, which is progressively entering greater states of ignorance and suffering. Sexual revolution is the doctrine of the Aquarian era. It is a rebellion against lust, animality, and depravity, since Aquarian sexual spirituality vivifies the noblest aspirations in humanity while fulfilling the ethical conduct of all spiritual traditions, altruism, perseverance, philanthropy, service, compassion, conscious love, and moral purity. Pisces, which was eclipsed by the Aquarian influence, was noted for its conservatism of the esoteric knowledge and the repression of sexual expression from the public sphere. Such Victorian ideals are opposed by the Aquarian influence, whose chief astrological character is divine spirituality, catalyzed, expressed, and taught through harnessing the sexual impulse. As Rumi aptly stated, If in spiritual thirst you drink water from a cup, approach sexuality with spiritual longings, you see God in it. Those who are not in love with God will only see their own faces, lustful desires in it. It was only in 1950, with the publication of The Perfect Matrimony, that the teachings for how to consciously channel sexual volatility were first taught. Such knowledge within the Piscean era remained veiled. But now, due to the Aquarian generosity, is being disseminated. Each cosmic era has always determined the spiritual and religious climate of humanity through the qualities particular to each zodiac. Such powers demarcate the beginning and end of prophetic intervention, the manifestation of divine aid in the form of avatars, messengers, or heavenly beings who come to renew and revitalize spirituality upon the earth after the divine teachings, Dharma, degenerate. Though I, Krishna, the cosmic Christ, am unborn and of imperishable nature, 
and though I am the Lord of all beings, yet ruling over my own nature, I am born by my own Maya. I enter materiality and manifestation. Whenever there is a decline of righteousness, O Arjuna, and a rise of unrighteousness, then I manifest myself. For the protection of the good, for the destruction of the wicked, and for the establishment of righteousness, I am born in every age. Krishna, the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. The following is from Swami Shivananda, Lord Krishna, his leelas and teachings. Avataras, avatar, Sanskrit, literally descent, appear for special reasons and special circumstances. Whenever there is much unrighteousness, whenever confusion and disorder set in on account of unrighteousness and baffle the well-ordered progress of people, whenever the balance of human society is upset by selfish, ruthless, and cruel beings, whenever irreligion and adharma prevail, whenever the foundations of social organizations are undermined, avatars appear to establish dharma and to restore peace. Avatara is a descent of God for the ascent of man. A ray from the Hiranyagarbha descends on earth with mighty powers to keep up the harmony of the universe. The work done by the avatars and their teachings produce a benign spiritual influence on human beings and help them in their upward divine unfoldment and self-realization. The avatara comes to reveal the divine nature in man and makes him rise above the petty materialistic life of passion and egoism. Aquarius is symbolized by a female water carrier and is the age when spiritual truth, knowledge, and esoteric instruction is freely given. Direct knowledge of divinity has always been represented in ancient traditions by water, the well of wisdom that nourishes and refreshes the soul in its thirst for divinity. The symbol of Aquarius represents the proliferation, depth, magnitude, and vastness of the secret teachings, which finds its culmination and synthesis within the writings of Samael and Vior. As the avatar of the Aquarian age and the founder of the modern Gnostic movement, he is known for his comprehensive approach to practical spirituality. The explanation of meditative and spiritual exercises to awaken consciousness. His particular gift to humanity is the wisdom or science of the waters, the methods for storing, sublimating, and elevating the sexual energies as a tool for spiritual transformation. The creative sexual energies have always been symbolized by water and woman, the primordial Eve, who is not only the departure, but the entry back into paradise. A blissful, conscious state before humanity had desecrated the sexual mysteries. Every biblical cosmogony speaks in symbolism of the spiritual powers of water, a direct reference to sexual conduct. Through harmonizing one's sexuality with divine laws, the aspirant can return back to paradise, since the power of all life, including spirituality, is based on the creative impulse or libido. Salman Vior's writings, marked by the unique character of the Aquarian influence, is a revolution against stagnant ideologies, dogmas, and incipient spiritual beliefs. His teachings are a war against all that is ineffective and weak. Since the majority of spiritual aspirants, out of fear, superstition, inheritance, or religious indoctrination, 
cling to systems that do not affect genuine change. Ignoring that without consciously harnessing the sexual energy, one cannot create spiritually. These facts are evident to any person who seriously analyzes and meditates upon the state of humanity, whose terrifyingly profound and pervasive suffering, predicated upon the misuse of sexuality, is unprecedented in our history. If humanity, which is so attached to its religions, beliefs, and doctrines, knew and practiced the science for overcoming suffering, that it would already be transformed. While many spiritual traditions and modern spiritual schools talk about divine principles, few actually offer effective methods to obtain direct experience of it. The sad reality is that most aspirants are ignorant of effective methods, or if in possession of them, lack consistent application, indulging in behaviors that produce sorrow. Since many do not want to renounce egotism, addiction, and theories, change becomes impossible and the doors of initiation remain closed. Samal and Vior came to teach the knowledge of how to work with the Aquarian waters, which we carry within our body in the form of our sexual energy, the sexual fluid. Through its conservation and transmutation, we can learn to become initiates, true spiritual revolutionaries who enter into direct experience of the divine, based on the most powerful creative force of the universe for the empowerment of our spirituality. Alchemy is the science of Dionysian, Aquarian intoxication and spiritual elevation that Friedrich Nietzsche knew and articulated in his philosophy. From Thus Spoke Zarathustra Watch for every hour, my brothers, in which your spirit wants to speak in parables, the language of Kabbalah to the science of dreams. There lies the origin of your virtue, etymologically relating to the root virya, warrior in Sanskrit, virility, sexual potency. There your body is elevated and resurrected. With its rapture it delights the spirit so that it turns creator and esteemer and lover and benefactor of all things. With knowledge, gnosis, the body purifies itself. Making sexual experiments with knowledge, it elevates itself. In the lover of Dionysian alchemical knowledge, all sexual instincts become holy. In the elevated, the soul becomes joyful. All solar, conscious love is innocence and creative longing. Look there how she approaches impatiently over the sea. Do you not feel the Dionysian thirst and the hot breath of her love? She would suck at the sea and drink its depth into her heights through raising the sexual energies up the spine, and the sea's desire rises toward her with a thousand breasts. It wants to be kissed and sucked by the thirst of the sun, the solar logos, the superman or rebel Christ. It wants to become air and height and a footpath of light, and itself light, aor, through the mysteries of Uranos, Ur-Anas, the fire and waters of spiritual sublimity. Verily like the sun, divinity, I love life and all deep seas, the sexual force of creation. And this is what perceptive knowledge, alchemy, gnosis, means to me. All that is deep shall rise to my heights. Such a stellar influence is referenced within the writings of M in the Dayspring of Youth, 
The Dayspring of Youth has several strands that run into us as a stream runs into the ocean, and each strand is the manifestation of some attribute of the innermost. Though at first we cannot register these ever-increasing waves of energy, we can tune our own wavelengths by aspiration, transmutation, to inspire the vital breath and raise it, aspire to the mind and heart. We then bend these waves into our secondary system, our sexual glands and energies, by attracting their spiritual atoms into us and gaining their intelligence. The primary power of the Aquarian influence, the dayspring of youth, is its capacity to grant spiritual intelligence, wisdom, and understanding. Master M, Moria, indicates how the sexual energy, influenced by the Dionysian influence, the dayspring of youth, determines every aspect of our existence, including our spirituality. When we determine to do a thing, it has already been accomplished within our secondary system, sexual glands, nervous channels, and energies, since the transformation of the libido grants one the power to create and perform either profound spiritual action or negative behaviors. And this gives us a determination to work and accomplish this on the objective plane. But we generally fail if we do not consciously or unconsciously draw upon the determinative sexual Dionysian energy in nature through the astrological sign of Aquarius. If we use this principle, we shall complete our determined work in this life or in our next incarnation, since the Aquarian influence accelerates all spiritual endeavors through its rebellious character. For we all incarnate to gain certain experiences, and we cannot be happy if we fail in this. Many world religions have their traditions, observances, and calendar. The Gnostic movement is no different. From Salman Vior, Christ and the Virgin, Supreme Christmas Message of 1961 to 62, the New Aquarian Age. Thus, 1962 will be the first year of Aquarius. All the brothers of the Gnostic movement should date their letters according to the new era. There is some confusion regarding dates in the Aquarian calendar. The first Aquarian year began on February 4, 1962, and culminated on February 4, 1963. Since February 4, 1962-63 is the first year of Aquarius, then the second Aquarian year spanned from February 4, 1963-64, and so on. For example, the first Aquarian year, 1962-63. Second Aquarian year, 1963-64. Third Aquarian year, 1964-65. Fourth Aquarian year, 1965-66. 5th Aquarian year, 1966-67. February 4th, 2024 marks the end of the 62nd year of Aquarius and the beginning of the 63rd Aquarian New Year. When you subtract the current year, 2024, by the advent of Aquarius, 1962, you arrive at the number of completed Aquarian years, 62. Since it is February 4th, 2024, we are initiating the Aquarian New Year, the 63rd in the Gnostic calendar. The Aquarian New Year commemorates the advent of the initiatic alchemical knowledge to humanity. Since all of us were born from the sexual seed, our potential to create the spiritual human being is also predicated on yoking both internal and universal forces. The synthesis of a person is their seminal matter, 
which, as the primal matter of any cosmic body, is the source and originator of all things, including animals, demons, human beings, and gods. The following is from Salmon Vior, The Three Mountains, The Dionysian Wave. In the crude root of our existence, we only find the coitus of a man and a woman. We were born nude. Somebody cut our umbilical cord. We cried. And then we searched for the maternal breast. Clothing, schools, theories, erudition, money, etc. All of these came later on, as an addition. Beliefs of all types exist everywhere. However, the unique force that can transform us into an integral and unitotal way is the force that placed us on the carpet of existence. I am referring to the creative energy of the first instant, to the sexual potency. The delightful love, the erotic enjoyment, is by logical sequence the greatest joy. To know how to wisely copulate is indispensable when a definitive psychological change is sincerely longed for. The hippies forebode all this when they revolted against Mamon, but they erred in their way. They did not know how to synchronize themselves with the positive pole of Dionysus. We, the Gnostics, are different. We know how to enjoy. To transmute and sublimate the libido is enjoyable for us. This is not a crime. The hippie movement and subsequent cultures resolutely march on the devolving, descending path of infrasexuality. The universal, international, Christian, Gnostic movements victoriously progress on the ascendant, revolutionary path of suprasexuality. From the Three Mountains Celebrate the Korean New Year through profound meditation, deep reflection on the teachings, and if you can, the company of spiritual friends. To learn more, visit the resources available in the description of this podcast.